Welcome to the Draft Doctors Podcast, your home of weekly draft content. Now here's Steve, Jono, Cam, and the Statesman. G'day everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Draft Doctors. I'm your host Stevie Fizz, basically the Fizz Pod at this point in time. Uh, not the greatest of intros, uh, I'll be be frank, it's it's fine. I'm just sitting here in the shed drinking cans on annual leave. That's what you do, you just sit in the shed, drink cans on annual leave and uh, throw out some terrible intros. I was thinking about good intros to songs before and it's like... Like, what do you immediately know when you hear the opening few bars and you're like, oh, that's fucking whatever. And it was like, man, I always love Mr. Jones by Counting Crows, right? Like, it's just like, you know, like, you hear the guitar and then you, everyone throws out a shalalalalalalalalalala or whatever the, however it goes. It was that one. And, 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 um, Everclear, right? That Santa Monica song. They were like, I love those. Those ones growing up, they were always good ones. And that sort of got me thinking, like, you know, if we're going to do this Listener League thing next year, maybe karaoke, maybe some good karaoke songs need to be thrown down the gauntlet. Maybe that's what we need to do. If we ever, if I ever like make the effort to go to Perth, um, that'll be the thing. I think we'll, this is sort of a throwaway show. It's, um, I, I really wanted to get the, the You Suck show up. I've, you know, I've sort of teased it for a few years that we'll bring it back. Um, I am cutting it. So we will do it. I mean, we're sort of tossing around the idea of, um, doing a live show for the You Suck show, but you know, I forget we're not the traders and, and we struggle to actually fill the live listener league. So we have like, Three people show up to, uh, do a live show. There'll be more people on stage than in the audience, which, um, might be a tad embarrassing, but you know, if we ever make the effort to go do the listener league in Perth, uh, maybe that'll be the interesting one. We'll do, you can do my karaoke song and you're not going to do your fucking songs. You're going to do my songs, songs I want to hear you fuck up. That'd be, that'd be the way to go. But, uh, today we're talking about players we forgive for a shitty, 2023 fantasy season. Now they could have still been good for uh, real life. Probably weren't. It's it's kind of an interesting show, and I think the the problem with the you suck show and going back cutting it. And I've sort of I have cut it and not released it in in years past. The problem is like, and this isn't to blow our own horns or anything, but we're we're not missing as much. Like the outlandish calls. Uh, just aren't there. Like the, the misses aren't, even the misses aren't big. Like the, the calls are pretty tight. Like, um, so the, these are, these are the regression candidates. This is the regression candidate show. Like you had Lockie Neal, Hugh McCluggage, Travis Boak, Scott Fennelbury, Will Brody, and Sam Berry. Like, I mean, they were all fucking complete dust, right? Like it's, uh, Pendles was probably okay, but, um, I mean, the rest of them were pretty well dust, like compared to where they were the year before. Like, so that's what I'm saying. It's, it's getting harder and harder to get half decent content for the, the You Suck show. Um, cause I mean, yeah, we're just getting a bit tighter, just getting a bit tighter. And even this show, it's interesting with the way fantasy scoring's going, um, in terms of finding, 
finding players to forgive. Obviously, I'm doing it doing it solo today. You will have worked out. We're four minutes in, and I'm still rambling on. It's it's just a bit tougher. Just a bit tougher to find guys you forgive because they're just top. The top end guys really failed this year, and uh, I I think that's to be expected um, in this. Footy environment, uh, that's not to say people can't bounce back and people have outlandish years and things like that. It's just, it's just an ever changing landscape fantasy footy and you sort of got to move with the times. So I think there's some guys we can all forgive really easily, uh, if things play out the, the way we think in trade period. Um, but that's, you know, obviously to play out and, you know, we're coming into trade period because obviously, the football writers don't want to write about AFLW and they don't want to write about the the football matchups. They want to write about the the gossip and the innuendo and the things they can make up because there's like 8,000 football writers and they have to invent content that gets clicks rather than just write good stories. I did notice there was a lot of content creators doing the AFLW stuff this year, which is fucking great. Um, and so I hope there's a lot of interest and passionate fans it seems like there is so that's you love to see it it's it's great uh the nfl listener league for the for the doctors listeners it all went off pretty well not sure my team's any good but uh we'll see it's a long season see if we can go uh do the afl and nfl double that'd be that'd be interesting i guess no listeners really going to be pulling that shit off although to be fair there's a lot of guys there's a lot of crossover between the uh, NFL and NFL fantasy listener leagues, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna move into the the forgiveness, please. I actually like this show. I, I think it's a funny show just because I like that bit in The Simpsons where the Japanese guy flips through the <laughs> through the window and says "forgiveness, please," and fucking runs off to go beat the shit out of someone else. Um, but I think it's important not to not to just dismiss people for a shitty average or whatever. There's often more to the story. And we'll get to the second player on this list. And I think he's, yeah, my prediction is he's overdrafted, but we'll get to him. And so the first person on this list that I forgive is Maximus Gorn. Uh, I, I forgive Max Gorn completely. Melbourne have not said, hey, we fucked up, but they've said we fucked up. And you can see from the CBA percentage, as the year's gone on, they've just had to throw in the towel on the Brody Grundy experiment. They realised it just didn't work, which it's so funny, right? Uh, we have a plan. It's like, you didn't have a plan. If you had a plan, it was the shittest plan. They're like, we'll turn someone into a... It, it, Brody Grundy's not a Ford's arsehole. We all know this. Um, he needs to be a solo ruck. So I'm really big on forgiving Max Gorn because I think that that move has to happen. Like it just goes through. Melbourne need a, a key forward of of some stature rather than Brody Grundy. So I'm I'm really keen to see what Melbourne do in the trade period. They've got some wet ammunition. Do they? You know, there's there's talk they're going to try trade into Gold Coast pick and bundle up to get to pick one, which is pretty interesting. Um, probably it's it's really interesting for me because it's 
an uncompromised, like let's say this Harley Reid kid is the first pick off the board, he's an uncompromised player, whereas over the last few years you've had Nick Dacos, you've had Will Ashcroft, even before that, Eugle uh, Hagen, you know, these compromised players is is the potential, is, is the best player in their draft. And I think it's exciting to see that there's an uncompromised clear number one and the moves they make, I think um, people saying North Melbourne, you know, didn't fuck up, like it was a good thing to win the draft. Well, I mean, West Coast, if West Coast want to trade that pick, they should really, I mean, th- they have the whole competition to deal with now. It's not like one of these situations where a player wants to go home and like Horn Francis, for example, oh, well, I got drafted. Now, you, you know, you, North could have traded that pick to anyone, and I think Adelaide were offering a massive package. Well, speaking of massive packages, am I right? Am I right? I mean, the can drink and sheds, people. I mean, the can drink and sheds. That's how it's going. That's how it's going. But instead of that, it's like I nominate Port Adelaide, so you have to deal with Port Adelaide and the resources they have and the compensation they have available to them, whereas the whole league has different compensation. So I think it's it's a whole different kettle of fish if you have the number one pick and you want to trade it on versus if that player goes, well, I want to go to Hawthorne or I want to go to St Kilda, etc., then you can only deal with that compensation, whereas if you have the whole league at your disposal. Really interesting for Melbourne what they do, whether they top up, whether they have a crack at someone. I'm fascinated to see what they do, um, but they certainly need a key forward, and and uh, I think Max has got a couple of good years of fantasy scoring in him, provided Brody Grundy goes out and they just say, look, the, the experiment failed. These things happened. We tried. And it, and it didn't work and we move on. I, there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. And, and on the flip side, obviously the second player I'll talk about is Brody Grundy. And, uh, it just didn't work for him, uh, at Melbourne. And I, look, fuck, that's the club that <laughs> got Braden Bruce for Christ's sake. So, um, they're, they're in love with the second ruck. I only had 54% ruck time or CBAs as a ruck. So my prediction is Brody Grundy actually gets forward status next year. Which leads me to believe that he actually gets overdrafted. And now I know where the, we're going, this is going to be the first podcast really talking about this situation and it's fucking September. Right. So we've got another eight months to draft day. But, um, if you consider Brody Grundy, let's say he's a forward and he moves club to, Port Adelaide or Sydney or whoever. It doesn't really matter. He'd be the standalone Ruckman. I think he gets overdrafted. Right? I think he'll people will go, he's the number one pick, easy, easy. Um, look at what he's done before. And I just don't think he's going to do what he did before. So that Collingwood team was super high, high possession. He laid a lot of tackles, took a lot of marks. He was like four years younger. Um, pre-injuries. So I just early doors. I, I'd sort of pencil him in more the low one hundreds as an average. Um, now he'll have forward status, so maybe he is still the number one forward. I just can't imagine wanting to take him with his injury history. 
is the number one pick, which I think he'll probably be in the ballpark for. That's my early thoughts. Um, and obviously all the fantasy creators can listen to this and <laughs> just agree with me and, um, I'll just hang myself. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. But, um, you know, obviously he could still score when he was out there. Um, Max did miss a whole bunch of games early days in the season and, um, Grundy still, Grundy still showed he could score pretty handily in that number one role with a bunch of tons early days, but then it just fell away and he didn't even get a game in the second half of the year for a lot of it. So interesting player, interesting to see where he gets drafted, interesting to see if he gets forward status. I feel he will. Um, we'll let Fantasy Freako and all the, the wonks down at Champion Data determine that. So on to the real players we forgive. I forgive, and I think this is an important one because I haven't seen him come up in the Twitter questions. I forgive Jack Steele. Uh, suffered a 13-point drop. I, I feel like the problem was he was slightly carrying. Okay, he was slightly carrying when he uh, came back after those um, that, that missed game early in the year. He's still, he was, he's in the top fantasy team. Uh, St. Kilda was the top fantasy team. They moved up from number two to number one. He did miss three games early in the season. Now he went ton ton. Um, came back. He still pumped out a lot of, a lot of tons. Uh, and I just have no dramas with, with Steele. Uh, he dropped four possessions a game, one mark. Tackles were slightly up, like St. Kilda were the, I think they were the top tackling team. Um, so I, I kind of don't have any qualms with him. The concern is the team gets better, um, and and he sort of loses significance. But I still think he's locked into that number one role. Uh, he spent a little bit more time forward than in defence. Obviously, it's a bit easy to win the ball in defence. I, I just I, I have no dramas picking up Jack Steele early in drafts next year. I, can he get back to 110? I, I think he can. Is it likely? Maybe not. He's certainly not going to get back to that 120. I think that's reserved for really shallow teams. And uh, is it easy to predict that? It's not. Who's going to be shallow? Who's going to be um, et cetera, et cetera? I'd suggest Richmond is probably a team where you'd look at that next year, like Tim Taranto uh, and the mix like that. So... You really, that's the thing is, is, are they going to be as bad or as good? Like they were good this year. So I'm not, not sure with, uh, with St. Kilda, but I certainly forgive Jack Steele and I have no problems ranking him towards the top of my draft board next year. Next player I forgive. Uh, yeah, I, I, again, it's just going to be injury related and I think he's, he, I, I really like him as a player. I'm not sure he's as, <laughs> I sort of thought he'd be able to go from that 95 to the 110, and I'm not sure that's him, especially as the team gets better around him. Uh, but my next player is Jai Simpkin. Uh, suffered a 20 point AFL fantasy drop, only six in Supercoach, but he's probably not the best Supercoach player. And I just, it's just injury related. He dropped off a little bit in marks, a little bit in tackles, a bunch in disposals, a little bit more scoreboard, but 
I, I still back in Jai Simpkin. They have him as a captain. He'd been durable before this. Like, he'd played 18 games, but I think a lot of it was under duress, and he just missed games here and there. Like, there's get round. it's not like a block of five games. It's one in round three, one in round six, one in round 13, two in 18 and 19. So it's just a kind of – it just never went smoothly. It was kind of one step, you know, two steps back, one step forward. Blah blah blah. It just never happened for for Simpkin this year. He did have a couple of OSK scores. I I, I like him as a player. He, he he um he's as solid as it gets. Still sixty percent CBAs even with these injury matches. Just a massive massive amount in seven round seven through ten. So I, I'm just completely locked in on him. The worry is that the team gets better around him, like your um, Wardlaws. Uh, obviously, they're not going to get Harley Reid, but they, these sort of guys push around him. Will Will Phillips, um, Tyron Thomas, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I, I still think he like his role is as a number one mid. No, not number one because LDU's there, but as an inside midfielder, that that's his game. But it's also Wardlaw's game. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. It's going to be interesting to see what happens at North Melbourne over the next few years with all this dynamic young talent coming through. So, well, I mean, you could even say Tom Powell's best positions inside mid. So, but it looks like he's probably, probably on the outside of that team. But I certainly forgive Jai Simpkin. He, he's going to go super late in drafts next year. Uh, I, I think he would probably end up being a value, to be honest. And my last player I want to talk about is, I really wanted to put Jag, the captain of the Jags, Dave Swallow, in there. But the last player I want to talk about is Jaden Short. Jaden Short from Richmond. And like, if it's not role change, this is the interesting thing with this is, um, it kind of has to be injury because if you're a young player, like we know halfback and inside mid is where the best scoring is done. So if you're getting moved out of there as a young player, that's sort of a bad sign for me. Uh, the other players who are going to get moved out of those roles are old players. No, we don't really want to be drafting old players. So it has to kind of be injury. Uh, and the Rucks is kind of a different situation obviously so Jaden Short again it's just a little bit of injury I think the scoring was fine he had um, a massive purple patch through the middle he did get I, I didn't like him coming into the year just because it seemed like other players had taken his role and he was playing a bit more mid forward I suspect he'll go back to that defensive role uh, next year we'll see who they name as coach but I'd they can't be as low possession as as things were under Damian Hardwick, and especially if Richmond are going to be a little bit worse uh, over the next few years than they've been, obviously over their sort of golden period over the last few years. Uh, obviously, salary cap and tide turns and all those sort of things, but might be a bit leaner, so the possessions go to more the top end rather than an even spread. So I, I certainly forgive Jaden Short. Still like him as a player, absolute ball hog and uh, isn't a superstar. Anyway, onto the listener question. Sorry, just the uh, the marathon update. Anyway, took the week off, took the week off and um, 
things have things have seemingly gotten better. I ran five k's Monday, ran fourteen k's today, and uh, we are painless people. We are painless. The pa- the pace is the pace has dropped right off. <laughs> I just need to try to not get injured. So uh, I'm going to go out for a long run on Saturday. Uh, I've got a physio appointment booked in on Monday, uh, but we could be back on track. We could be a big show here, people. It's pretty exciting. Anyway, listener questions. Dottie forgives Grundy. Won't matter if it's either the Port or the Swans. He'll brain it. He should. He should brain it. I'm kind of with you, Dottie. My keeper team needs it. Uh, Ninja Spoon. Cam. We'll never... Look, we said nice things about Cam last week. We'll move past that. We'll never forgive him. Never. Russ. LDU. He'll put a whole year together and average over 100. Interesting with LDU is he averaged more this year than last year. So I guess that's kind of where when I'm picking my players for the show, I try to just get guys who average less than the year before, despite the fact that expectations might have been higher. So like Horn Francis, I, I, um, I had pretty high coming into the year, but he averaged more than the year before. So I didn't really pick him. So anyway, that's fine. Leck dog. Callum Mills owes me. Bailey Dale should bounce back, but won't. Bailey Dale. I didn't quite look at Bailey Dale's numbers. Uh, he wasn't someone I felt failed just off the top of my head. Did he? He may have. I was pretty hot on him in the preseason. Bailey Dale averaged five points less in stream team, dozen points or eleven points less in super coach. I, I mean, it's just it's just up and down, right? 51 week, 139, two weeks later. It's just that flaw. Western Bulldogs are a funny team. I, I tend to forgive Bailey Dale. I kind of like him as a player. So, he's a good shout though. Um, forward DPP for Brody Grundy from Real Oogie Boogie Bush. Yeah, I think he gets it. And I think this is the problem is he, he probably, like, I forgive him. Like, he'll score better if he moves to a club or he's solo rock. And I think he picks up forward status. I just think people are going to pick him as that number one player, um, which will be too much, in my opinion. Fork talk, Callum Mills. Callum Mills, popular pick. I'm, I want to see what Sydney do with their defensive stocks. He should be better, but, uh, he was a, he's probably an interesting guy in terms of I wanted him everywhere, but I never drafted him. He just didn't fall to me in those, in the right way. And, Dodged a bullet, not because I'm brilliant, but because I got fucking lucky. Uh, Rich says, Callum Mills. Yep. Hugh McCluggage. Hugh McCluggage was a guy we had dropping. I think I mentioned that on the regression, guys. So, uh, we didn't have any shares. Jack McRae. Jack McRae is an interesting one. I, yeah, yeah, I, I tend to forgive Jack McRae. So I'm with you there, Rich. Uh, Odin York. I forgive lunch meat. Interesting. Miller time. Will Cam Rayner ever live up to the preseason hype that gets generated every year? Who the fuck's generating hype for Cam Rayner these days? No one. No one. I don't. Man, it's interesting when number one pick, because they expect the number one pick to be amazing, but he can be a good player. If he wins a premiership, all is forgiven. Jason, Callum Mills to bounce back if Swans can get their defense in order. It's a good caveat, Jason. I, I agree. And Sam Walsh just has to get back to 105 to 110 average. He's too good not to. Uh, 
Yeah, Sam Walsh, um, he was kicking around the noodle for me. I don't know about Carlton. There's a lot of handy players there through that midfield, so we'll see. He should, I agree. He's a Western Victorian. Jabs, I pray that my favourite player, Ollie Wines, remembers how to football. It's a good call. He, um, after he won that Brownlow, we're like, yeah, get off him, stay away. Don't, in any average 97, like, yeah, no, that's, that's who he is. Just draft him as accordingly. And, whew, oh boy. Moved out of the midfield when it's amazing with his rig that you'd be moved out of the inside midfield brigade. So, man, I can't be confident about Ollie Wines. I am not forgiving him for shit. He's, man, ugh. And the Carton Blues says, Bailey Smith. Bailey Smith's a really interesting one. I think he's really the most interesting player on the list of uh, listener suggestions. In terms of the year before, he racked up a stack of pill, but he didn't lay a heap. I have this thing where I want players to combine average more than eight tackles and marks per game to be in that 100 range and he didn't do it he he just fell short and i i don't know i don't know about bailey smith he's a good player it'd be interesting if you move clubs but um i i just he should get forward status so that's the thing so he'll be he'll be high on board so interesting interesting man it's tough tough times with that uh forward status i brody grundy gets it uh, Bailey Smith gets it. It's an interesting one. There were some interest. There were some guys I sort of skimmed over, like Took Miller. Obviously, a big drop. Um, and others. It's just sort of you looked at the looked at the price points. Uh, I'm not sure. I quite forgive Took. Um, not sure what I expect out of Gold Coast next year. He could be a victim of his great leadership uh, with. Sort of like the Trent Cotchin where his fantasy game went to complete complete shit and uh under Damien Hardwick. I could see him playing more forward, obviously that the half forwards are very important for for that Richmond system, so I'd expect them to adopt that. Isaac Cumming, I mean he can't even get a game. Ben Key is dust, Dylan Shield dust. Yeah. Harms, dust, five dead. Actually, yeah. Will Brody, Sam Berry. Man, I remember copping so much shit for being off Sam Berry in the preseason, man. Will Brody, I can't understand, but that's anything. Luke Parker. Paddy Cripps, Lockie Neal. Man, there was a lot of fails. There always is. There always is. Anyway, listeners, we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Draft Doctors Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and review.